It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Summer League is officially over. We laughed, we cried, we cared about things we don't care about or should care about. We argued about things we should argue about. It's time to recap a full week, highlight the players we liked, some of the players we didn't, and a whole lot more. It's time for a Monday edition of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is July 18th, 2022. My name is Philip Rosenreich. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we're going to make uh, not our final takeaways. We'll have some more thoughts on Summer League coming up later on in the week, but we will have our big takeaway from Summer League. What we saw, what we learned, or part of what we learned, the kind of big thing that we learned uh, from this past week in Las Vegas, plus the players who impressed and the players who did not. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, no matter when, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA, so you'll be covered throughout the rest of this offseason. Check it out wherever you download podcasts. Search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team Every day. Today's podcast also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. The Orlando Magic closed their summer league on Saturday with a 102 to 86 loss to the Detroit Pistons. Um, I would tell you more about this game, um, but frankly, it, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Um, like, yes, it, there were performances that mattered. There were players out there that were that were fighting and scrapping for uh, every bit of opportunity that they could get, uh, every bit of exposure they could get. And that, that's what summer league is about. At the end of the day, uh, but I, I I can't tell you anything important. Uh, you know, for the big picture, and, and you know, maybe I do make mountains out of molehills. Maybe sometimes I do look for deeper meaning for something or patterns in something that that aren't really there. Um, but this was the last summer league game, and 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 it played like it. Um, Paolo Bancaro sat out, obviously. Admiral Schofield, R.J. Hampton sat out. I don't think R.J. was even there. Um, Devin Kennedy sat out his first summer league game. Caleb Houston sat out his first summer league game. It, it, there wasn't a whole lot for the main roster on that te- on that team. Even like Jesse Mermis was. Not supposed to be the head coach. I think he ended up doing some coaching nonetheless. Um, he sat in for the interview in the first quarter. So, you know, again, Orlando treated this as an opportunity to get other guys some more exposure, some more experience, some more, um, 
this is an opportunity to get out on the floor, um, you know, for guys that, that maybe haven't had the opportunity throughout Summer League. And again, say what you want about Summer League, and I think, I think, I think what we've learned this year is that everyone has different priorities for Summer League, and, 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 and maybe the way that we position Summer League, the way that we cover it, the way that the league kind of positions and highlights it and promotes it, um, gives a different perception of what Summer League is than perhaps the way the Magic view it. Um, and again, there's no right or wrong answer. Congrats to the Portland Trailblazers for winning the Summer League Championship. Um, that's ultimately not what we're playing for, but um, you know, certainly I would have liked to see the Magic win the championship. I'm not against winning championships, but you know, I think the Magic were after something different in this Summer League. And, 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 and that's really kind of what was at the core of this final game. Um, look, Orlando had every chance to win. They raced out to an early lead. They gave that lead away. They kind of fought, you know, kind of a tug-of-war battle in the second quarter with the Pistons. The Pistons established a little bit of a lead in the third. Orlando was still fighting and grinding and trying to get back into it, but Detroit opened up that lead early in the fourth, and Orlando just didn't have the firepower to get back into it. Um, Ever since Paolo Bancaro went out, ever since the main roster players went out, Orlando has been living and dying on the three-point shot. The three-pointers weren't falling in this game. It can only keep you in the game for so long. And again, it, it, it's not going to matter a whole lot for the regular season. It's not going to matter a whole lot for the way this team's ultimately going to play. So I, I'm not going to dig too deep into it. But like this final game, like every game from the time in Vegas, there were some clear good signs. And there were some clear things that this team was trying to show. To me, what this summer league was about was about showing the potential that this team had, mostly in the form of Paolo Bencaro, who is that dude and, and played exceptionally well. And you know, yes, I I, I will argue the Magic's position that they that they were, they were right to sit him. Uh, you know, Draymond Green certainly argued that as well on his podcast. Um, but I would say I would have liked to see a third game from him just to see how he bounced back and how he responded and, and, and from, from that game against the Sacramento Kings. And yes, to play Chet would have been big, but no one's losing sleep over this. Please don't, just guys, don't make the argument that, the, that Paolo's weak because he didn't play this game. I've seen that argument come down. First off, it was the team that made the decision. Don't hate the team for doing it. Uh, especially now that Paolo is getting set to play in the crossover. Uh, it looks like he's going to play next weekend. I don't think he played Sunday uh, in, in the debut game for the crossover. Um, he was listed on a roster. He'll be playing with DeJounte Murray um, in, in Seattle over the weekend, over the next few weekends, um, or, or however long he's going to play. Again, it's summer. He's, he can do what he wants. He wasn't shut down because of injury. The Magic just saw enough, and they saw no reason to throw him out there. They wanted to accomplish some other things. That's okay. We saw plenty from Paolo Bangaro to know exactly that he is potentially going to be a really strong player for this team. And obviously, we got to see what this looks like in October. That's ultimately what matters. What happens on the floor in Vegas doesn't matter as much. It's a hint. It, it, it's a clue. But it's, it's not ultimately super important. From there, what we really saw then was how deeply ingrained this Magic team's culture is. We saw a team that no matter the talent deficit, no matter the personnel deficit uh, for the style that they were playing, no matter any of that, this team was going to play hard, they were going to play together, and they were going to be feisty. Now, they made mistakes. They certainly put themselves in some bad situations, and they 
uh, prevented, not prevented themselves, but they kept themselves from, uh, from maybe reaching further and winning more games because they were committed to a style of playing more than playing to their personnel. But they played hard. And, and on that front, you've got to really like what they did. Um, you know, again, they endeared themselves to everyone that watched this team. They played hard. They were scrappy. They got after. Were they effective? Were they efficient? Were they able to score consistently? No, they didn't have the weapons. They didn't have the players for that. They were relying very much on their three-point shooting, which, again, didn't really work. But they played hard every game that they played, every moment that they were out there. And, and yes, there were frustrating moments and their transition defense was a little disorganized, but this is also not the Orlando Magic team we're going to see. This is also not the team that's going to ultimately take the floor in October. So to me, Summer League was a success. To me, we saw what we needed to see from the Orlando Magic. We saw a team that played together, that stuck together, that did all the things that this organization that this team wants to see. We saw a team that fights hard, um, that, again, just does all the things that this team wants to see, that, 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 that plays together, that plays with energy, that sticks together, that roots for each other. We saw all the things that endeared last year's team carry over. It's it's deeply embedded and rooted in this in this team's culture and this team's identity. And now it's about carrying that forward into October. It will be a new cast. We'll talk about some of the players and some of the performances and some of the guys that we like from Summer League. But a lot of those guys aren't going to be on the main roster. They're, they might get a training camp invite. But this was not a Summer League about the main roster. At least not the personnel, not the players. We'll get into maybe some of the things we learned later on in the week from Summer League. But this was about kind of the vibe again. This is a vibe check. And the Magic passed that vibe check. We saw Paolo Bancaro dominate. He was the best player on the floor in the two games that he played. We saw the team play with the energy, the charisma, the swagger, the whatever you want to call it that we expect from a Magic team. They were feisty. They were difficult to play. Yes, they got blown out against Detroit, and and the New York game wasn't that close either, but they fought in all three of those games. They were in those games into the fourth quarter and, again, just didn't have the firepower to stay with it. Didn't have maybe the personnel to play the way the Magic were actually trying to play. And in that sense, it was a positive experience. It was a positive trip to Vegas, and it was a positive see where this team goes next. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into some of the more specific lessons or things that we can glean from the Summer League team. We'll talk about that later on in the week. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the other thing that's kind of going around Magic Twitter. I've kind of been ignoring it. I'm not meaning to ignore it. We will talk about it and some team building stuff. But coming up next after this after this ad read, we're going to chat a little bit about the players that we liked from Summer League and some of the players that we didn't like didn't perform up to standards. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news 
including the rest of the Major League Baseball season. And looking ahead now to college football, training camps are opening soon for college football, and the NFL will be not too far behind them or ahead of them. I don't know what this calendar's like. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And yes, they do have some NBA futures out there, like the over-under on Paolo Bancaro scoring. 17.5 points the last time I looked at it, so bet the over, bet the under, go for it. It's 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 definitely definitely up it's definitely up there and I'm pretty sure NBA win totals will be coming very very soon. We'll talk about those when they do come out. We've seen a few odds makers put them out, but we're going to stick with BetOnline.net because it remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fast and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today to use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline. Where the game starts. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in LA, and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Like I said, the NFL is getting ready to start here. Uh, I believe the Jacksonville Jaguars open up their training camp uh, over the weekend as they prepare for the Hall of Fame game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers will start up next week. And with and and with the NFL season on the horizon, we've got a special group of podcasts coming for you. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Well, starting July 18th, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. Available beginning today on Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Check it out today at Locked On NFL. The Orlando Magic obviously uh, finished 2-3 and three at Summer League. Fun, interesting note. The Orlando Magic's main Summer League, Summer League team has not finished with a record better than 500 in Summer League since 2014. I don't know what you're going to do with that note, but... There it is. It's out in the universe. You can have it. Do with it what you will. It's Summer League. Who cares? The Magic's B team won. Got to the Summer League Championship game once in Orlando. Won the Summer League Championship, but it was the Orlando Magic's B team. Not the team with the with the first-round draft picks with Aaron Warden or whoever else was playing. But that's either here or there. Summer League is Summer League. It is valuable to the point that it is valuable. And, and it's always difficult to figure out what's going to translate uh, from the summer league to the NBA to, to actually playing with the main roster. Guys are playing in different roles. They're experimenting with things. It, again, we'll get to RJ Hampton here in a bit, but it's always a bit of a mystery uh, on these things. But I want to talk about, let's talk about some, some players that, that were impressed here at summer league. 
Obviously, it starts with Paolo Bancaro. Paolo Bancaro was fantastic. Full stop, just all that. 20 points per game, 6 assists per game. Was able to shoot from anywhere on the floor. Got to the line at will. Um, I don't have his true shooting percentage handy. I know he shot like a 44% effective field goal percentage. So there was some inefficiency. Small sample size as well. So let's not draw too many conclusions. Um, he, cer- he said he was kind of playing himself into shape. He said he was kind of working and experimenting and figuring out what he could get away with. Teams were sending double teams at him pretty quickly when they realized he was the best player on the floor. Um, I don't think he was uh, partic- I don't think he handled that particularly well. So there's obviously some areas that he still has to work um, and improve on. And obviously he's a young player, still learning NBA spacing. He's going to have better teammates around him. Frankly, no offense to the guys that he was playing with. He's got to have better teammates around him that are going to hey, get him easy shots so he's not going to have to work as hard for shots. I think, honestly, that's one of the reasons the Magic shut him down is they didn't want him to overtax himself and, and expose himself to injury because he had to work so hard to create his shots. There's just no one able to create shots for him. Marco Fultz going to take care of that. Wendell Carter's going to take care of that. Franz Wagner's going to take care of that. He's going to get more spot-up opportunities like he did early on in that Houston game when he was kind of playing in the background and easing himself in. Um, but on top of that... He was a skilled passer, so he's going to have guys that he can pass to as well. And it was just it's just all work for Paolo Bancaro. There's a reason why everyone at Summer League is buzzing about him. There's a reason why every Magic fan is buzzing about him. There's a reason why once it was announced that officially that Bancaro was going to play at the crossover, Magic fans were begging uh, Jabal Crawford to make a stream available so they could catch a glimpse of him. We all want more. Um, again, give the Magic this much credit. They leave you wanting more. And maybe you're a little frustrated by that, but they leave you wanting more. Um, Orlando left everyone wanting more. And so we will get to see Paolo, obviously, a little bit here in this Pro-Am uh, that'll play next weekend uh, in Seattle. But we will see him again in September and October and in training camp. And, and obviously, we're really, really excited about that. And Honestly, that's what you want to see from Paolo Bancaro, from your top pick. You want to see, again, I always say this about Summer League, you can tell who, it's not necessarily about who can play, it's telling who can't play. Paolo Bancaro can play. Um, I think we could see that pretty clearly. It's, again, just to what level. We'll find out in training camp, but Paolo Bancaro had a fantastic Summer League. I want to give a shout-out to a couple to a couple players on the roster, too. Um, let's give a shout-out to Tommy Cuse. Uh, Tommy Cuse was... Uh, didn't play until the final three summer league games, but just a guy who immediately changed the energy uh, on the floor. Uh, I, I was really, really impressed with him. Um, again, I, I, I will say the mea culpa here. I was not super impressed with the Magic Summer League roster when it was released. I did not. I was not familiar with many of the names. Obviously, the Magic know what they're doing a little bit better than I do. Um, I'm not going to pretend that they don't. Uh, this, this, th- there are a lot of players that I thought played really well, and a lot of interesting players. Um, Players that I don't think necessarily fit uh, the style that the team was going for. And I think that is a flaw in the way the Magic built this team. They should have been more prepared to play uh, play the style that they're going for and the style that they're looking for. Sorry, my hair is all over the place today. Um, but um, but uh, Tommy Cuse really fit in, fit in well. The dude was just all energy. And from the moment that he stepped on the floor, the moment that he stepped into the game, he changed the tide. He got steals. He was pesky defensively. Again, not the biggest dude. I think he's six two, listed six two. Um, not the biggest dude. Can still work to improve as a passer. But he dug in for steals. He made plays defensively. He got out in transition. Was able to finish around the basket. Hit the open three when he was there. 
I think Tommy Cuse gets an invite to training camp. Uh, I I don't think he's a two-way guy quite yet. I mean, I think Admiral Schofield's getting one of the two-way contracts. I, I don't know who's getting the second one. We'll talk about Devin Kennedy. I, I, I kind of think it might be Devin Kennedy. Uh, but um, Tommy Cuse was fantastic. I, I think he deserves a look uh, with the main roster. I just think he deserves some time in training camp at the very least. He earned that. He made such a positive impact for this team. And again, there's there's rough edges. I don't think the Magic particularly like his size, uh, or his size I don't think fits what they're trying to do. That was evident throughout Summer League too. Uh, you know, again, like Devin Kennedy, I thought he needed to improve a little bit as a point guard. Uh, but uh, I think that that Cuse was really, really solid. The other guy that I really liked, not a player. I'm going to give Jesse Mermis some love. Um, I really enjoyed watching Jesse Mermis coach this team. Um, it's A, carrying over the culture and the attitude that this Magic team have, had. I, I don't think that's nothing. Uh, I do think that it is... Um, I do think that it was really important to see this Magic team play with that same energy, that, that, that energy that endeared them so much last year. Um, I think that was so vitally important. Uh, and, and I love the way that they played. Honestly... I think Mervis did a really good job sticking to what the Magic were trying to run. Um, you know, making some adjustments here and there. The Magic were able to to make some plays and, and get themselves back in the game. The only really quibble, the only kind of decisions that I questioned from him was finishing the, uh, I think it was the, was it the Oklahoma City game? No, it was finishing the New York game with uh, Quan Cheatham at center. Um, I would have stuck with Emmanuel Terry. Uh, Jericho Sims was killing them on the inside. I think they needed some size to match, but again, the Magic might have been looking at what the the what the drawbacks are of finishing a close game with a center like Jericho Sims with a forward like Quan Cheatham in there. Like obviously that'll be Paolo Bancaro, that'll be uh, Franz Wagner, that'll be Jonathan Isaac in the regular season, that'll be Wendell Carter in the regular season. But you know, again, seeing failure at this level gives you clues at, at, at how to kind of solve for failure or what, what trouble you're going to run into when you get to the regular season. So failure at this point isn't necessarily a bad thing. Or, or schematic failure isn't necessarily a bad thing because you're, this is the laboratory to experiment and test. And the Magic did plenty of that. Um, I love the sets that Jesse Mermis ran. Uh, the three that he got, Caleb Houston coming out of the timeout against Oklahoma City. Yes, Houston missed the shot, and credit to Devin Kennedy for getting a jump ball, giving the Magic a second possession there. Um, but yes, Houston missed that shot, but got a wide-open shot. Great play design on a hammer screen, perfectly executed. Orlando did a lot of stuff like this. Um, and so I want to give Orlando Magic Summer League coach Jesse Mermis some credit uh, for, for playing, for, for doing really well, for, for, ha- for doing a great job as the summer league coach and, and and kind of putting the Magic in a really good spot to learn as much as they could. Uh, obviously experimenting with where to put Art, put Paolo Bancaro, you know, allowing RJ Hampton to make mistakes. Yeah, we'll talk about RJ here in a bit, but um, allowing RJ Hampton to make mistakes, get what he needed out of summer league. Um, he did everything you could ask for, and, and I think he brought great attitude and, and great know-how to this team. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Obviously, though, not everything was good for the Orlando Magic. Um, it, it was not a perfect summer league. The team finished two and three. Um, obviously, uh, there's there's still some some problems and still or not problems, but certainly some some players that, that the Magic expected to play well um, did not. Um, and, and we got to start with R.J. Hampton. We did a whole episode on him last week, but R.J. Hampton just did not show what he needed to show. The raw numbers look okay. 12 points per game. I think he was at six rebounds per game, three assists per, per game, or two assists per game against three turnovers per game. Um, the, I don't think everything was all bad. I, I, the people who are calling for RJ Hampton to get cut immediately, um, I think that's a step too far. It's summer league. He was there to experiment. He was there to do some things by trial and error. Um, and so I think you got to give him the space to do that. There were still moment. There were still moments and pretty extended moments where he played under control. He played uh, composed. He really worked well off of Paolo Bancaro off the ball. And if all the magic learned from the summer league experience is that R.J. Hampton at the NBA level at least is better off the ball, um, and they just put the final nail in that coffin of playing him at point guard, then that makes this summer league a success. Um, Hampton said. The thing that he wanted to work on in summer league was working on the ball, uh, and so we hold him to that standard and say he did not succeed in that. There, there are some good signs, or some good plays, but overall, he did not play and look like a third-year player, and, and that part is concerning, that he isn't more consistent, he isn't more composed, he isn't more controlled. This setting should not have sped him up. He should have been very, very comfortable, um, and the fact that he wasn't is... Concerning. Now, again, it isn't a death knell. It shouldn't end any thoughts or any any perspective. Or it shouldn't end anything on him and his time with the Magic. Does that mean he is guaranteed to get his team option picked up for his fourth year? Again, I I, I don't think that's a guarantee at this point. But I don't know if that would have been a guarantee um, even entering uh, training camp otherwise. Um, but the bottom line is. R.J. Hampton went to Summer League to accomplish something, to accomplish something specific, uh, and I, I, I think we can all agree he did not do that. I also got to give a thumbs down from Summer League to, to my guy, Devin Kennedy. Um, again, it's it's we all love Devin Kennedy. We know his story, but it's beyond a story. He is a great kid. Uh, he is a, a great shooter, and we know that, and so I, I, I'm not so worried about him um, when we get to... The regular season. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, put a pin in him, you know, this thing's done. But again, we know the Magic signed Caleb Houston. Their roster stands at 16 players. Someone's getting cut. Devin Kennedy's on a non-guaranteed contract. He's got some work to do when he does get to training camp because Summer League, his, his weaknesses were a little bit exposed. He struggled a lot defensively. He wasn't used as a point guard, which again, I think is still an area that he needs to grow in. Um, RJ took a lot of the ball handling duties. Uh, Xavier Simpson took a lot of the ball handling duties. Paolo Bancaro had a lot of the ball handling duties, so we didn't see Devin Kennedy work as a as an on guard. 
Um, his shooting though was just not good really. Um, shot around, shot a little bit better, shot less than 30%. I think it was like 22, 23% from beyond the arc. Almost exclusively shooting threes. Again, we know that Devin Kennedy can hit threes. He made 40% of them uh, on roughly the same number of attempts in his five games in the regular season last year. So we know he can do it at the NBA level. Uh, but again, it's those other things. It's the consistency that's going to keep him from getting a, a real spot. Um, I, I Again, I don't think the Magic should give up on Devin Kennedy. Summer League is is not it. Um, it, it it's not the thing. Um, but again, I, I it was disappointing. Again, a guy that has some NBA experience. And again, he's still working his way back from injury. So no one should think that. This, that this is done, that 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 we're over, that we're done and through with anyone after summer league. He's got to get a chance in training camp, and then he's the incumbent. He, someone's got to unseat him. Uh, but you expect him to make threes. That's that is his NBA skill. And if he's not making threes, if he's not shooting consistently, then that's a problem. We know he's already a high level G League player. We know he's an MVP caliber G League player. But he's got to find his NBA role. And he does have an NBA role, but it's just about kind of putting those pieces together. The last uh, thumbs down from Summer League, um, and, and this is more of a position group, it's it's not anything else, the centers. Um, you know, I thought Emmanuel Terry did some nice things. He showed his versatility. He was the best of the bunch. Uh, Aleem Ford uh, got some, uh, you know, was okay. Um, showed a willingness to shoot from beyond the arc, but nothing super impressive. Uh, and, but most of all, uh, like Jeremiah Tillman and Daniel Oturo. Uh, Daniel Toro didn't play very much, so I, I'm not going to dive too much into him. He only played in that last game against Detroit. But Jeremiah Tillman is an interesting player. Second year with the Magic. He, he spent training camp with the Magic last year. He was in Lakeland last year. Um, just a big body, and he knows how to use it. And I, and I don't think that Tillman necessarily played poorly. He's not a guy that's going to rack up a ton of stats. Uh, but with the way the Magic were playing and the switching that they were doing, Tillman got exposed pretty bad, and, and and I do feel bad for him on that front um, because he didn't deserve that. Um, you know, again, he deserved an opportunity to be put in a position to succeed, and again, I think he did the best he could. Um, you know, he got... The Magic were switching everything. They are switching one through five, and I don't think you switch with the center like Jeremiah Tillman out there because he's just not quick enough to stay with guys on, on the perimeter. I think he did a really good job recovering in a lot of areas, but... You pull him away from the basket. You eat up his effectiveness. And the bottom line is, the way the Magic were playing, traditional centers are dead. There's a reason why Robin Lopez is the only guy they let get away. There's a reason why they brought Bull Bull in. There's a reason why Mo Wagner is going to be a, thir- a, a backup center. Mo Bamba is a backup center. The Magic need versatility from the center spot. And so guys like Tillman, even to some extent guys like Emmanuel Terry, who I did think did a good job switching on to the perimeter and defending the perimeter, those guys are going by the wayside. Those are not the players the Magic are looking for. And honestly, maybe it's not the player the, ma- the league is looking for. The league needs guys, needs centers who can get out on the perimeter and hold their own and, and, and defer, deter and deflect players away from the paint. That's a big, big, big thing that, 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 that's happening throughout the NBA, but certainly happening on this Magic team. Again, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into Summer League and the lessons that we can take from Summer League a little bit later on in the week. Um, tomorrow, we're going to talk a little bit more about the kind of the, the, the last trade rumor that's out there and what a lot of Magic fans are talking about. So we will get to a lot more kind of as we exit Summer League and start looking ahead to training camp uh, in, in uh, September, at the end of September, early October. 
But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore md. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in to him. Like play Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com and follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're done with us, be sure to check out the Locked on NBA podcast for the latest on the from around the NBA from local experts who know their team best. The NBA offseason is not over yet, just because Summer League is. We got Eurobasket coming up in uh, in September. Uh, Pro-Ams are going on. LeBron was at the Drew League this weekend. We know Paolo will be at the crossover. There's still plenty of NBA to talk about. So check out the Locked On NBA podcast today. Just subscribe now. Have it ready for the season. It'll be here before you know it. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this is your Philip Ross. We'll see you next time for another episode. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 